54321, hello children, welcome to season 2, episode 5 of the On My Dime, On Your Time podcast. This episode is featuring Day Jones, she's a YouTuber and she's doing bits on Instagram as well. Super great conversation, we talk about how she got started on YouTube and her overall thoughts on fashion and content creation. We also had a great like just conversation back and forth at the end about like current events and fashion and that sort of thing. Also, I kind of messed up because I forgot to ask her to plug her Instagram and her YouTube at the end of the podcast. It's going to be linked in the show notes of the episode, but you guys can follow her on Instagram at dayona.jones. It's D-A-Y-O-N-A dot Jones. And her YouTube is just Day Jones. Yeah, follow her Instagram for like quality. Like She posts outfit photos with a difference, I like to say. like It's a quality, quality stuff. And her YouTube channel is great. Um, I also want to take a quick second to thank whoever is watching this podcast because on January 1st, I hit a thousand views and I had like maybe 17 or 18 episodes out. Like it's not that big of a deal in hindsight, but it, it meant a lot to me. And the day I'm recording this intro, it is January 29th and I just checked my, like the total number of uh, listens for the podcast and it was at 1.3k which is just insane. So like sincerely thank you for like following the content and all that stuff. Uh that's basically it. Enjoy the conversation. Also last thing, follow me on Instagram at on my dime on your time podcast and follow my personal at isavvllv for yeah, just follow my accounts. Thanks. All right, so how about you tell me how you kind of got started and into fashion and how you got interested in fashion as a whole? Hmm, how did I get into fashion? Honestly, I think I was on YouTube and I randomly got recommended Avery Ginsburg's channel. Okay. And I was like, man, this was at the point where he was like still in his like basement room doing like sneaker customs. And then that's when I started. Yeah. Like I saw the evolution of this man (laughs) and I was really interested in his pathway because this is where I wanted to start as well. So streetwear in general, sneakers was how I got into clothes. Um, So like the ending of the Nike talk days (laughs) and following his channel. And then after that kind of, just still sticking to YouTube and then getting recommended more channels. And that's how I came across uh, uh, Fernando's channel and then Jacob's, Jacob Wallace. And then, yeah, it just expanded since there. And then they just showed me everything, uh, a new world that I didn't know about, like designer and clothing as we progressed in styles. Cause at that point they were still very in streetwear as well. Or Palace Gosha, I guess, that whole era, so. I think that was where I started and none of my friends were into clothing but they were into Supreme and like Palace and stuff like that we were heavily skaters back in back in school that was like my, my first job um following up skaters I worked at this shop called Endless Grind and that entire culture definitely influenced me with with uh, finding some brands and yeah that's basically how I started just streetwear in general okay and that kind how did that kind of morph into like your current aesthetic because like just looking at your instagram and your videos you're mm-hmm. kind of like americana like workwear sort of inspired mm-hmm. as well so like how did that like progress oh uh, how did it progress 
I think the line of work I started doing, just graphic design, screen printing. Like I would wear something that I didn't want to get messed up <laughs> basically. And then when there was a whole culture design around that, like workwear, I was like, well, clearly now that's a fashion trend. Uh, you know, that's what people are into. They're wearing it for the aesthetic, but people around me were working, working in it just because they didn't want to mess up their clothes. So I guess that's how it started for me with workwear. I was like, I'm genuinely wearing the trend right now. And I loved it ever since. And then when I realized there was like more refined Americana workwear, like, you know, Visvum and Capital, their roots and aesthetics, I was like, well, okay, this is definitely the genre I want to be in for sure. So then it just evolved from there. Awesome. Do you have any pieces like from Visdom or Capital that you're like interested in or that you have right now or? I am about to pull the trigger on my first Capital piece. Nice. It's so expensive. I think, I think I'm even shocked <laughs> at looking at it, but uh, yeah, I don't know if I want to unveil it yet. It's still like, I don't want to jinx myself because I've been saving so long for it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those, those 1K pieces. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah, I know. It's hard for a student to save 1000. Oh yeah. But, yeah, it's uh I don't want to jinx myself too soon, so I don't want to give it away, but mm. that'll be my first piece. I have like a bunch of like capital accessories, but okay. not really like main pieces cuz capital and Visma are, are one of those things where like you'll buy the piece and love it for a little bit, but it won't work with everything. And mm. so I'm very picky on what I buy yeah. that has a heavy like price tag attached to it. Definitely, definitely. I don't know, I'm, I'm still scared to make like big investments into my wardrobe. Mm. I think my most expensive piece is a pair of like Rick Owens shoes, like the Vea mm. collab. Mm. I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah. Like the, the late, all the crazy laces and stuff. And that was yeah. like 300 or 350. I got it for a really good deal. That's like the most expensive yeah. thing. I'm just scared. I don't know. That's, no, honestly, you know, one of my friends is heavily into designer and has like a designer closet but recommends like do not invest while you're in school like don't don't even think of that universe yet until you're in a stable position where you have x amount of income to put away and then buy like it would be super silly to invest in pieces that you don't have the biggest roi on and return on investment so I'd say you're doing the right thing <laughs> just um, saving working around with your budget and stuff like that yeah, absolutely but I think like capital pieces sort of retain their value right like you'll make like 75 percent back at the very least yeah some stuff it depends because people will say that and then like you you know it'll sit on grilled for like eight months yeah you know you're waiting for the right buyer all the time so and then you keep like reducing the price because you think that it's not valuable anymore but it is it just the right the right buyer hasn't come along so mm, it depends it always depends on the piece if it's more basic side it'll sell if it's crazier or an archive it'll sell too but it depends it depends yeah I don't know, like, I, I, that's such, it's such a trap for me. Like, I bought some pieces off Grail because I'm like, okay, cool, these are sick. I'm going to wear them, and then I'll, like, I'll, <laughs> yeah. sell them, I'll sell them afterwards. And I have, mm-hmm. like, sitting for a couple months that I haven't sold yet. I'm just like, oh, mm-hmm. so I really did just lose some money. <laughs> that's, how, that's how I felt with Supreme when I was, like, super heavy in Supreme. I was like, man, I'm just losing value. Like, this, this stuff is not exactly what people think it is or 
unless it's like something that's heavily branded or it's a collaboration, but most of the time they lose their value on stuff like that. So I think those days have taught me to be skeptical on anything, um, specifically with what I buy. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that's kind of why I'm feeling like dis like vintage as well a lot more. Yeah, vintage, man. It depends on the piece on vintage too. Like it's definitely a trendy thing I'm seeing. Like if you have a piece that you're tired of, but it's still fitting the trend, always oh, gonna sell so fast. Um, or classic things like Levi's with a beautiful fade. Those will always sell. Mm -hmm. Definitely. How do you feel about the current market of vintage with like, there's like some there's like some Instagram pages that do resell. I'm not going to name mm -hmm. names. I don't want to get sued. Uh, <laughs> they're like charging like 150 for pairs of Levi's and stuff. And like 200 for like type three jackets, I believe it's like the normal, it's like the contemporary cut and stuff. So like, mm, yeah, type two and type one. Um, it's an inflated market, unfortunately. Um, and that will be with anything until it hits a glass ceiling, you know? Uh, do I think it's, from a moral side, do I think it's okay? No. <laughs> from an ethical side, do I think it's okay? Also no. Um, but I, but from a historical side, kinda, it depends on the piece. It depends on the history of that piece. Like if it's a, a 1950s Levi's that have survived for so long into the current time, um you can't put a value on that um but with something like 90s levi's i mean we're still quite in that i guess time period where it doesn't need to be that expensive so yeah. 100 and 150 levi's i mean geez uh it's kind of crazy 1990s specifically but if it's older than that like 1950s 1940s gems like that i mean historically I mean, I guess, I mean, it's okay to have that type of price point, but would I tell someone to go buy it? No, I, yeah. there's better places to look. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I feel like if I had like a pair of like 50s Levi's, I'd be kind of scared to wear them almost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that gives you, honestly, that gives a testament and a tip of the hat to Levi's, like yeah. of making a denim that, that superior. And it oh, was made to be worked in, so... That just tells you how long that it was doable. Definitely. Beautiful to see that too. I love vintage so much. I could go on for days yeah. about vintage. I love it too. Yeah. So like kind of a basic question, but like, why did you start a YouTube channel? Why did I start a YouTube channel? I, I didn't see anyone that reflected who I was. Hmm. Um, I didn't see anyone that was in the middle. Like didn't see someone that was not, the stereotypical dimensions, like a 28 waist and a 32 inseam. Yeah. Um, I didn't see anyone that was brown at the time <laughs> uh, other than Kyron Warwick. Mm. I think I'm saying his name right, but I just couldn't relate to anyone that I saw on YouTube that was into the same niche category that we're into. So I was like, you know, also someone that didn't have a crazy budget you know, like someone that was willing to spend 500 every pickups video, like, come on, <laughs> is that relatable to an average viewer? I don't think so. So I don't know. I think I started because I was just tired of not seeing someone like it. And I do have that. I think someone said this to me like a long time ago, if you want to, you want to see change, be the change. So I thought, why not? I, I'm pretty sure there's someone out here that would like relate 
to what I'm putting out. So that's why I started it. Did seeing all those creators with like such a like large budget, did that like pressure you to like, how do I phrase this? To sort of keep up with that image of like constantly buying clothes to like keep creating relevant content, if that makes sense. Cause like, there, cause recent pickups videos and like styling videos, like as far as fashion content, they're the most popular thing, right? Mm -hmm. like, was there like, was there, was there ever that sort of pressure? Um, yes and no. I would say yes, because I mean, clearly if you're seeing content doing like really well, it's usually the ones that are like putting out designer pieces or have some sort of design or something. Um, and then no, because I was like, this is unattainable and I'm not like a window shopper. I'm not someone that's like always like, man, I wish I could buy this. At some points I'm like that, but like most of the time, um, at least for the category of, of fashion that I'm in with workwear and vintage, you can make any style you want. It's rinse and repeat. <laughs> mm -hmm. So in that way, I was like, I feel like the average person would value seeing affordable pieces more than something that's way too crazy, <laughs> way too out of their price budget. Like, so I, I think that influences my concept to stay humble of where I can afford, um, just because I hope to make it feel like I'm unattainable, like I'm not relatable anymore once I buy designer pieces. Like $155 is a lot to people. Like my Who is Jaco shorts, that's a lot of money to someone. <laughs> but if I make $40 H&M video, I mean like, they're like, wow, I mean, you style it great too. So why not? But yeah, I think it's just being humble. <laughs> when it comes back down to it, it feels like, just be humble, that's it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no, I like that. That makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. um, do you have, are there any individuals or like people in like the public eye, like other YouTubers stuff that like inspire you, like in terms of like the content that you create or like maybe even just like in life, like the way you like do schoolwork and that sort of thing, maybe? Uh, as far as YouTube, I would say Ray Mia is probably my like biggest uh, inspiration. And then Owen Hyatt is my second. Um, both went to school both ended up doing fashion content, both are putting out amazing brands. So that kind of linear transition for me was like, wow, that's, I can do that. I'm, I could check off all of those, those things. Um, people in my life, like my friends definitely inspire me every day. Like, you know, my friends on YouTube definitely inspire me. My friends on Instagram, um, in person, my colleagues, like there's inspiration everywhere for me. <laughs> But yeah, I would say the biggest people, at least on in this creator space, have definitely been Ramey and Owen. Owen Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, no, they're 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 just smashing it. I'm really excited to see like Owen's new collection because like I slept on yeah. I think I, I sold the hoodie from the first collection that I bought. I slept on mm -hmm. the second collection. I should have got the jeans. I'm waiting for the third collection. I'm really interested to see what he comes. I'm definitely waiting on the third collection. I think that's like my transition um to bettering my style um depending on what he's putting out it definitely looks more elegant um and I'm also really excited for Ray's collection <laughs> like oh, yeah. you know he's putting out little pieces here and there and that keeps me back home with workwear and vintage so um you know that's yeah. where I'm going where do you see your style like progressing like in like maybe like a couple of years time maybe 
Hmm. I think I'm probably going to transition. Like dabble in. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, I'm probably going to transition definitely into more Vism Capital. Like I feel like people only know them for their trendiest pieces, but they have such an amazing style. Like I can't even begin to describe uh, the craftsmanship. And that's something that sells me over more than the style itself. Like if a, if a garment is beautifully made, beautifully well done, I will definitely try to buy it or be into it. Um, just because I know how much time it takes to even create something like that. So I'm in it for, I don't know, I feel myself just maturing into that space of appreciating clothing more and wearing that appreciation and styling it with what I like. So I see that happening. And I also see myself going into like formal wear more. Um, That's definitely something I'm working on currently. Um, Not because, you know, school kind of makes you feel like you need to be in formal attire all the time. but what if formal attire was fun to wear? <laughs> so I see myself kind of experimenting with that. Absolutely. This is kind of just a question for me because mm. how did you become so comfortable on camera? Because like, the, I like the way that you like articulate like <laughs> videos and stuff. You seem very mm. comfortable on camera. So like, how did that happen? Uh, I feel like it's a combination of just always being present on critique days in school like you know a typical critique in graphic design would be like are you done your work from yesterday put it up on the wall and we're gonna just literally eat you alive <laughs> like that's literally what it's like every single critique and then during that critique you need to ar- articulate what mm-hmm. why you did something what you did and then sometimes it's recorded sometimes it's not recorded um so just being present in the moment and just delivering your ideas without fault is basically what I do every single day. Mm-hmm. It feels like during the school year, but I'm so uncomfortable in front of the camera, which is very funny you say that, I'm so uncomfortable. My first, I watched my first and second video and I was so uncomfortable, but I, I mean, I guess I did my job and didn't let people you know, see that uncomfortable side, so. That's great. <laughs> yeah. I take that as a compliment. Yeah, absolutely. And because, like, I don't know, because, like, I used to be super uncomfortable, like, even just recording podcasts. Like, I was looking at, like, my older episodes. I'm, like, stuttering all over the place. I'm, like, mm-hmm. I'm like, trying to, get, like, get to a point, And it's, like, I just can't because my brain just goes somewhere. So, yeah. You just own it. I think that's that's really it. You just own, own what you say. Because I yeah. stutter all the time. I have a stuttering problem. So, mm. I feel you there. Yeah. I'm like editing, like, oh my god, I said like and 40 times. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, like, I think I just like the more episodes I make, the better I get, and like, mm. it, like it translates like life as well, because like I used to be like shy as fuck, and like now I can actually like mm. conversation and shit. I'm actually better. Yeah, yeah. I'm super reserved in my daily life, mm-hmm. like unbelievably reserved. Yeah. Uh, unless someone asks me a question or needs me to do something, so I feel you there on that being very shy but I guess since I'm like at home in a comfortable space I mean there's nothing uncomfortable other than just me and the camera I'm staring at yeah definitely <laughs> like we, we kind of just like sort of touched on this but like how did like getting into fashion like putting yourself out there on YouTube like affect your confidence because like you are you are reserved as you said so like just how did it like help you um 
perception wise, I was a little scared. Um, some people think I'm a guy. Some people think I'm a girl on YouTube. And so I don't even answer which one I am because it shouldn't matter. Yeah. Because I'm because I'm in the genre of fashion that I'm in. Like if I'm gonna wear something, I'm gonna wear something. I don't care if it's made for men or for women. And that in turn influenced some of my guy friends to try women's lines clothing. Or, you know, I had like, I think the other day, uh, I, I believe he was a guy reached out to me on Instagram. He was like, hey, you know, what do you think of this? And he showed me a woman's line. And I'm like, is this something you want to personally wear? And I was like, yeah, I like their sweaters. <laughs> They're dope. And he's like the most masculine guy looking at him throughout Instagram. And I'm like, yeah, do it. And I don't know if he would have done that same thing if I presented myself one way or the other. I'm just me, you know, I'm into the type of clothing I am. So perception wise, I mean, I don't know. I think that's what really drove, drove home. And I hope I answered your question. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think about that all the time, especially like on Instagram and stuff like that. So I want to make people realize you don't have to be one or the other you can wear whatever the heck you want to wear i mean some of our favorite creators like avery ginsburg wears women's clothing and people don't blink twice about it um because it doesn't really look like women's clothing it's unisex clothing quote unquote so yeah i think cool. fashion is definitely leading more towards like androgynous or like unisex sort of like yeah culture. like especially on instagram i'm seeing that yeah wear anything you want to wear it doesn't matter yeah. and whoever's in that clothing I mean you you can perceive them however you want to perceive them but that doesn't make their identity up like it doesn't define who they are at all so exactly it's yeah. definitely cool cool to be whoever you want to be <laughs> yeah this is kind of just like a question that's like relevant for the times but like have you do you have any experience like with like burnout like in terms of content creation like because of the pandemic and do you have any advice for like other pe other individuals who are dealing with that burnout I'm burned out I'm I'm experienced senioritis I'm in my final year in university so I definitely understand burnout with YouTube no I haven't experienced burnout just yet because I'm pacing myself like I know what it feels like to just drop the ball on something that you really really like to do you're just tired of it <laughs> you're tired of putting out consistently so that's why I only like upload bi-weekly or you know every two weeks so my advice is to pace yourself and to know your your means of how far you can go. So whether that's uploading once a month uh, or you know every few days, but quality always wins over quantity, I would say. So if you put your all into something, make sure it's the best you can make. You know, and that's with anything. Definitely. Wait, sure, I lost my train of thought. Fuck. <laughs> Oh, I hate when this happens. It'll come to me. Um, are there any habits that you employ like on a day-to-day -day basis? Maybe like, maybe like, well, maybe like for like for school, cause like content creation is pretty like fluid for you, like to ensure like productivity. Mm, habits, routine, 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 routine. Wake up at 8 a.m. Cause you're a student. <laughs> Wake up early and do everything you need to do throughout the day and then you have the rest of the day to do absolutely whatever you want to do. So the earlier is the better. Uh, procrastination 
try not to do it. I mean, we all procrastinate, but try your best not to. <laughs> Whether that's like two days before, three days before, but never the day before, never ever. Uh, always talk to someone about how you're feeling. I think that's the biggest thing we kind of ignore. Um, whether that's your parents or your friends, like, yo, just have like a real conversation with them and you'll, you'll literally feel like a mountain just got off your shoulder, even though it may not have been much of anything. It's just talking and letting it out. So stress relief is that. And, uh, reward, reward yourself as much as you can. Um, that whole self-love thing, don't, don't do it to a toxic point, but do it to a point of like, you did something that was so hard, okay, reward yourself. If, if no one sees that you did something amazing and you know it's amazing, reward yourself. Go ahead. So that's my advice. Definitely. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's valuable advice, I think. And like, I don't know, I feel like there's still like sort of like toxic masculinity around like talking around like talking about like how you're feeling and shit. So like, oh, yeah. I don't know, even I experienced it to like a certain extent, but yeah. I have a group of, of guy friends and our, our group chat is literally Tropic Thunder. <laughs> it's a, one of our favorite movies. And we talk it out. Like they're four boys that we talk it about. I mean, we've been friends for like four or three to four years now, I would say, maybe less. And I don't know, maybe it's just because I'm in the group and we're like, talk about your feelings. Like what's going on, man? Like, yeah. I definitely feel that guys don't really want to let it out too much, but they need to. They need someone to lean on. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, that's that's pretty much all the questions I have. It's gonna be a nice, short, and sweet episode. Uh, do you have any book recommendations for me? Because I need to freaking read more. Man. Book recommendations. Let me see. Oh, uh, flow. Oh, let me. There you go. Flow. The author is uh, a very long name. <laughs> I don't know if you see that. I'll, I'll type it in I'll, the chat. Okay. It's like a Russian name. Perfect. Yeah, this book is definitely a mindful reading book. I wouldn't read it in one sitting. It's one of those books you just kind of I want to read and sit down, but it, it just talks about uh, happiness, the like the like having a psychological like psychological presence with yourself and understanding that you are within your means to do something and enhancing how you live day to day and how you look at things, and perception of self, really. Okay. <laughs> Not to get too philosophical but definitely good read um all of his books are really good read i think that would be the only book recommendation as of now for you <laughs> awesome give me three pieces of value that you learned from that book three pieces of value oh. you're not always going to win even if you're you've got the best batting average and all the all the tickets that are going to literally say you're going to win this raffle you're not always going to win um humble yourself in the best situations like say everything is working for you still have that skepticality that the that uh reality check like okay 
there might be a cliff that I'm going to have to look out for and I'm not going to open that door so I can fall off the cliff. <laughs> like some opportunities are not always a yes. Uh, last one. There's so many good things in this book. Yeah, dang, what's another one? It's a third one. Kind of putting you on the spot here. Yeah, it, it, it just delivers so much. Uh, you are your own kind of enemy in situations. Uh, taking like understandable risk, but still take the risk. Like, you know, if you want to do something that you've been dreaming of, go after it, you know, you're the only one stopping you. And then it talks about like how family could also hold you back on accident. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you can talk about, you know, that's a good, good tip in itself. You know, family does have the best interest for you, but sometimes they, sometimes they're not the best <laughs> to yeah. tell you what you should do with your own life. So I'd say that's the third one. Definitely. I like that thing about family because I like I don't remember which book this this was from but they were basically saying that like if someone gives you advice and it's not something that they've actually done then like don't take the advice almost exactly yeah yeah exactly you know <laughs> family does that all the time yeah. they they think that they know everything that you're thinking or wanting to do or even your major or what you're into um but they don't know that world because they've never experienced that world. They can only teach you what they've learned in their own experiences. So, you know, sometimes you got to break away. It's kind of hard to do it, but try it. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. That's, that's pretty much it. Thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. And thank you for the book recommendation. Like that, that's one of them I'm actually going to check out properly. Definitely. You gotta, you're going to have to send me some book recommendations as well. Cause I'm always good to get to read it. I'll give you a few right now. I just picked up this one. It's called the work of art in the age of mechanical reproduction. I haven't read it yet, but like IO at the fashion archive, recommended it to me when I interviewed him and on one of his videos as well about like fashion books mm. I'm hoping it's going to be interesting but yeah yeah got it and who's the author uh Walter Benjamin yeah all right check that one out yeah one uh I'll give you a couple more uh it's called the war of arts have you heard of that the War of Art. I don't think so, but I've seen so many Wars of Art type books. <laughs> yeah. It's by, um, I don't remember the author's name, but if you search on Amazon, it should be like the first link that comes up. Stephen Pressfield. There we go. Yeah. Stephen Pressfield. Yes. It's like, it basically talks about like it, all the stuff that like, limits you, like it, he, he coins it as like resistance. And if you mm -hmm. put like a word, it makes it a little bit easier to understand, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. like all the things that stop you from like doing like what you want to do like it's like you're fr like from like doing anything that's like worth values like starting a project starting a youtube channel mm -hmm. those last few reps on push-ups whatever that you're into it's it's that like thing that stops you that one was really interesting uh that's a good one actually yeah it, it's it's super quick read it's like the chat it's like a, a couple paragraphs per chapter you could probably finish it in like a day or mm -hmm. two 
That's the thing about this one. You definitely don't want to read this like on one day. Yeah. I mean, you could, but it's like a, a coffee read. Okay. It's very dense mm-hmm. in subject matter. Um, but it's easy. It's easy to understand. Yeah. Are you into like the whole self-improvement like book sphere at all or? Uh, sometimes and sometimes not. I'm just really okay. picky about self-improvement books only because uh, sometimes they're not always true <laughs> of what you should do in your personal life. Um, yeah, just be careful about the books you read. <laughs> Definitely. I've had my fair share of like, wait a minute, that's not correct. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's not gonna work. Books that are coming out, like the older yeah. books. Yeah, yeah. So socially woke books are usually stuff that I'm into. I'm, li- I'm really into like historian books. Okay. Um, travel lifestyle stuff or cultural books. Okay. Cool. Uh, yeah I have like other interests outside of, <laughs> of fashion that I'm like super into like if I was not studying graphic design I'd probably be a sociologist oh yeah yeah interesting. Definitely. interesting definitely learning how people work what they do and why they do what they do inside their own cultural bubble is so fascinating to me oh, yeah. I see it on Instagram like it's literally probably going to be my like term paper this year yeah like Kind of like how, like, like it's kind of like the like the herd mentality kind of thing. Yep, yep. I see it all the time. I see it uh, with one creator in, in in specifics, and he you know blew up, and now people think that he represents his entire culture. It's very interesting yeah. <laughs> to see it firsthand blossom off of off of Instagram in this niche community that is so. Absolutely. Do you mind telling me the name of the creator? Like, I'll cut it out of the podcast and stuff. I don't know. I like what he, he's doing. I mean, I don't know if I like what he's doing. I think I do and I don't. I'm like, I'm looking at it from afar and not judging. Um, but I definitely see people that, you know, the other day I had someone ask me like, I would like to dress like, um, how do I do so day? And I'm like, uh, study Korean and Japanese culture and streetwear culture. And that in itself is what he is wearing. He's just doing it to a public eye um, in YouTube. You know, so that's all you have to do, really. Just study where their inspirations come from. And I would say his culture as a whole focuses on simplistic dress wear, work wear. Um, so if you were to put two accounts, like I, I used to follow like a lot of Japanese and uh, Korean lifestyle accounts and they look just the same like his stuff and right side by side so <laughs> i think that's people just don't understand that they don't they haven't gone outside their bubble they've only just stayed within his uh and it's a little frustrating to see because i want them to expand they don't have to think that he's like the, the uh what's the word like the epitome of style almost yeah <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but who, you know, hey, <laughs> it is what it is. He's kind of like, um, like thinking about it now, he's kind of like responsible for a lot of the clones that you see on Instagram. Like, oh, yeah. That, that certain look. He has been making the AI bot production. 
very insane. Um, the MoMA boys, like, God, I cannot even wear my MoMA crew neck that I literally have gone to the museum. I don't want to wear it because I think I'm going to be called a MoMA boy. Yeah, <laughs> or, I, I haven't worn my MoMA hat in like a reasonable amount of time. I just don't want to get rinsed now. I'm scared. I'm like, if he wears something from the Whitney, I swear it's just, <laughs> it's just going to pop off. Like, I'm going to be so upset at that point. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> But no, nah, I'm not gonna get too upset. But yeah, I just want people to ex- like, come on, y'all. Like, I think the the better version, not version, but people that don't look at Gizmo, Gizmo the Goat. I mean, I would say he experiments on a daily. Oh, yeah. He still fits inside that cultural bubble because that is his culture, and that's probably what he's exposed to every day. But uh, he owns it. He wears dashing silhouettes that many people don't wear um i don't know mm. still people got to go outside themselves even you know even your favorite creators go outside themselves and see what they why they like what they like for sure i think that i feel like that cloning that cloning process is almost like necessary to get into fashion though kind of like yeah yeah you gotta copy before you figure out what you like for mm. sure um but then it gets to a point where you're not trying to expand and see what you like. You're just rinsing and repeating. And, you know, I don't even wear my Carhartt double Ds anymore. <laughs> I've seen so many, I'm like, I'm just gonna go to work. I'm not gonna post them. Uh, no, like I, I've done the paint stains on them myself <laughs> from working naturally, not trying to wear them as a flex. So, I don't know, but it's cool. You know, I've there was a point in time where I literally rinse and repeated and didn't know how to go outside myself I think that's another thing some people out there are definitely like stuck they're like oh man he's wearing that I'm wearing that today mm-hmm. like for instance Kanye West theory type thing I think I might do my next video on that just like why why is Kanye West literally the goat <laughs> just setting trends like it's insane especially vintage like that was wild child above yeah for instance too and putting, putting like hider on like on the map almost like setting like giving yeah. like things like the influencers and stuff yeah like and why wasn't he chosen for louis vuitton um so it's just like things like that like mm. but it's cool though it's cool everybody has to go through that those cycles of fashion and i'm pretty sure that those you know, AI clones that we're seeing on Instagram, they're going to hit that ceiling too. We're like, I'm okay. I'm tired of wearing what everyone's wearing. Yeah. And hopefully they're doing it for themselves, not like for impressions or likes or clicks or whatever. Kind of like the fear of God people. Like what was that? 2010, 2012? Yeah. Kind of? yeah. The Jerry boys. Yeah. I remember that. Jer- Jerry Lento is actually like my top 20 favorite designer, but I think he I would agree with that. Good. Yeah. He, he, he needs more credit than he gets. I think his fan base definitely <laughs> made it worse, for sure. He's a good guy. I mean, well, he's a good designer. <laughs> I don't know. Some of the things he says is a little, a little weird. Yeah, definitely <laughs> controversial figure. Yeah. yeah. Very God-heavy and mad yeah. at minimal. What did you think of the minimal uh, lawsuit and all that stuff? That was just that was I don't I don't know too much about it, but like mm. 
I'm just surprised like more brands didn't sue because he had like the the Creech the Creech cargos as well. They had like the the shirt from Celine, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. And then there was a couple more, and then like the Chrome Hearts, obviously, and then all the fear of God did them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Crazy stuff, man. That was crazy. That was a lot of brands are kind of like releasing like similar sort of things. So oh, like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know when I. Don't, I don't know too much about it. So I don't know when it becomes like copying or just like gathering inspiration, even though it looks kind of essentially the same. I would say when they did that Chrome Hearts lawsuit thing. Yeah, that, that was, was a little, yeah. that was a little like, okay, you've kind of proven that this is what you do. And this is what you think you can get away with too. But I don't think it was actually serious. I think they actually wanted to do it as a publicity stunt. There's no way. You think? No way. I would say there's no way that they thought that they would not have that fly under the radar. Like that was way that was like word for word copying, except for the differences of denim. Um, yeah. Using like they didn't use Levi's; hmm. they used their own denim. That was like the only saving face. I think it was just a push to see how far they could go with yeah. copying. Did they use like, silver buttons as well? I'm just. I'm just... Mm-hmm. They did everything oh to the T. The like only differences, yeah. Oh. The only differences were using the denim, and I think something about like two millimeter placement of the, oh. the, the actual patch. It's also not a Chrome Hearts patch because mm-hmm. I don't know if Chrome Hearts has actually patented the patch of the cross. Mm-hmm. Like you can't really. I don't think you can patent that. <laughs> no, because yeah. you can patent placement for sure. Yeah. Like any court is gonna be like, oh wow. The heck. <laughs> yeah. What do you think about like, the whole Rick Owens like Montclair, like with the hats, the whole issue that happened a little couple weeks back? I have no opinion. Designer says <laughs> Rick <laughs> Rick is gonna do whatever Rick wanna do. But I didn't have any opinion about that as of well, it is what it is. Yeah, people are still gonna freaking buy Rick. Yep. I'll still yep. buy Rick. I don't know. It didn't hurt. It didn't hurt. I've been looking at like some Rico and boxer shorts because I love shorts. I love me some shorts. So I might have to swing by and see what what's the hype about Rick. I appreciate him from a designer standpoint a lot. Um, but I don't know. When I look at his clothing, I'm like, does this fit? Does this look like it would fit into what I wear? But I don't know. Might not. That's why I probably haven't bought into Rick yet. Yeah. But his shorts look dope. Yeah, the shorts are nice. I got a couple pairs, like the pants. I'm looking at a pair of shorts right now, and I'm just like, do I really want? I, there's something about it that's just like, <laughs> yeah. it's not going to work for me. Yeah, something in your brain is like, is this, do I see myself wearing this more than one time a week or two times a week? Yeah. Once a month, even? <laughs> something like that. I low-key have been looking into a lot of Chrome Hard stuff. I have an appreciation for their for their jewelry. I think they're an underrated brand they just accidentally got swept into a toxic hype they do have not the best t-shirts and logos and stuff like that they don't switch it up but their outerwear no one talks about their outerwear their pants their jewelry no one really goes into that i think it's well done price point is a little sketch though yeah i wear like the leather jackets and stuff that they have yeah their down puffer jacket um was beautiful looking to me their jewelry their smithing skills is great their customs i mean you can send anything to them and get it customized yeah 
and I don't know if they're taking orders still. So I thought about it. Everyone thinks uh, the only thing you can get custom is their Converse's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, come on now. Have some imaginations. You can send them some jeans and they'll do what they want to do on them. Yeah. They're good. They're good tailors. Chromarts is Chromarts is an interesting brand, man. I, I don't know yeah. how to feel too too much. It's like the like the hats were so like expensive and like the like jewelry was great. No, but, like I was watching Kyron's video about like, the tiny cross and how much money it cost them, like with like the diamond yeah. stuff. And it was, I think it was a little bit more than it should have been. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, no one should be paying over two hundred dollars for 0.99 silver, nine nine five silver. <laughs> no one should be paying that much, honestly. But they're good at what they do. Definitely. What? How do you feel about gallery department? Oh, gallery department. Ah. Uh... I mean, they they kind of like like fathered like I don't know what the word is. They kind of like started the whole trend with like the flare denim. Mm. So prices though, I don't. It's a little bit ridiculous. But then there are a lot of brands that are doing it like cheaper. But then they mm. don't have like, the master tailors and all that. Even though I don't yeah. know how like how much how much better can you be at like attaching like the the thing in the middle and stuff. I I, mean, I don't I don't know anything about like clothing production, but yeah, so. anyone can be a master tailor. So I don't know why they uh, charge so steeply. Like if you want to make some good flared pants, it's literally trial and error, trial and error. And then how much you really want to like make sure it's perfected. Anyone could be really good at tailoring. Takes some time though, <laughs> but not a thousand dollars. No, no way, no way. They look like true, true religion to that whole uh, flared pant thing. So I'm like, I'm good, <laughs> good. I don't know. Is what it is. Yeah, exactly. Fashion is just weird, man. I don't know. The whole, the whole sphere. Yeah, fashion is weird. Dude, like, I don't know what this year is going to bring for trends, but I have a feeling it's about to be funny. I have a yeah. feeling. Last year was pretty funny with the with the Jordan 1 bootlegs. With what, sorry? With the Jordan 1 bootlegs. Yeah. Like the whole, like, recreating silhouettes. I think two brands did it really well, and then... The rest were like, "What is happening?" <laughs> yeah, you were saying in your videos, I just it was like Fugazi and Ore, right? Yeah, Fugazi and Ore, I think, were the best that did it. But one, in my opinion, went the extra mile in terms of customer service, mm -hmm. for sure. And I would say that's Team Ore. Like, they they foot the bill for making their customers feel like they it was attainable, mm -hmm. um, and that they, they you you were actually cared for. <laughs> you weren't some sort of sellout trying to just you know whatever mm. um but shout out to to fugazi though i mean i'm pretty sure they're doing their thing too and maybe in the future that was a lesson learned but that first job was ridiculous <laughs> it was insane yeah from what i heard about like the ore shoes like their leather was like really really good quality from what I've oh heard. yeah oh yeah actually have them right here yeah hey you got the v2s that's crazy yeah, no, these are the V1s. Oh, those are the V1s, okay. Yeah, the V2s are coming out the 25th. Mm. Um, but I don't know. I think I'm going to pick them up. I'm not sure yet because I'm so lazy on upkeep of suede. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and suede gets nasty over time too. So 
that's definitely gonna have to be one of those things where I like wear scarily. <laughs> like I'm just like, oh, I don't want to wear these when it's raining. No. <laughs> I don't know. Like for like Jordan ones and for like Air Forces, I'm kind of scared. I kind of like apprehensive to like cop a pair because I see it so much in Instagram styled in like a very certain way. And I feel like I won't be, I'll be just be looking like your MoMA clone if I wear a cop a pair. I'm just like, I don't know, I'll like stick to boots. I think, it, I think it's a good shoe to have. When you buy the right one, it's a good shoe to have forever. Yeah. Unless you just like fall out of love with it and that's that. But it's just one of those things. Like my, 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 my metallics are probably something I'll have forever. Probably. About the reds, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm feeling the navies right now, the metallic navies. Yeah, those, I might as well get those too, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why they shot up in price lately, probably because of the whole everyone wants to wear Jordan, natural gray, metallics, and all that stuff, but they look those good. Those are restocking though, eh? Yeah, the naturals, the neutral naturals, <laughs> however you want to say it. They're, they're supposed, aren't they supposed to come this month? I think it's the, the 20th, is it the 25th even though that's like very soon and haven't heard anything from nike but yeah i haven't heard anything from nike and that's that's awfully close yeah. <laughs> so i'm gonna say next month or march yeah you gonna try for them or not oh heck no yeah no, no, no. if anything i'll try to try to get a plug or something but anything like that no way yeah there's no way this is the year of bots i feel like, the l coming already <laughs> i just yes <laughs> the L is right here. Mm. I'm gonna log in and it's gonna say no. Yeah. Oh man. Sneakers are the sneaker industry is definitely terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had like a, a big talk with a uh, Christian, Christian Scribet on uh I think he did a video about reps, replicas. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I me and him had a conversation after that video just about like it's a shame that the market has pushed individuals to even consider reps. And I think in the next couple of years, reps will be uh, socially accepted because yeah. the, the market pricing is way too high to get the original. Me personally, I'm not going to ever buy a rep. That's just not, I mean, I would feel unfulfilled. I would know it's fake. I would, it's, I'm not going to, it's not going to fulfill anything for me, even if it was designed well and it looked great man no this is fake it's still fake at the end of the day <laughs> so or it's a ua because sometimes these replicas are made in the same factory they're just not approved so yeah i think there will be a day in the next like two to three years reps will be socially accepted all these fashion accounts that are like super popular that are rocking sneakers before they before people even have them fakes they're wearing fakes <laughs> they're not wearing the real thing i'll be very skeptical if people believe that they were real mm-hmm. yeah like i don't know like on instagram i keep getting ads for like fake rick dunks so you can like just order like 400 bucks and i'm just like yeah. no no but it's interesting because there's so like i get that rick probably made like like a lot like i don't know how many shoes like and during the like mm-hmm. however many years he made them but like there's still there's so many and they're still in like reasonable good condition i'm just wondering how many are actually real out there I would say the margin is very high <laughs> for for fake dunks, fake fake anything, Rick. It's true. I mean, all these. I don't know. It's getting crazier. I just know that this year you better be very careful with uh, buying uh, in general secondhand designer, just because I feel like it's just going to be a little more difficult to get um, 
the original piece and it being verified that it's original. Mm -hmm. It's I'm I'm even skeptical, like looking into the future. I'm like, oh my gosh, if I buy this designer secondhand, is it how am I gonna legit check this? Like, yeah, <laughs> I don't even know the first thing about legit checking designer. I knew I know how to legit uh, check uh, streetwear, but designer is a whole other thing. How do you fake something like this? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, I'm sure, like. I'm hoping that Grail, they're like Vestiaire Collective or like, what's the other big one? I don't know. There's like, I think those are the main two. I'm sure they'll come mm. out with the check system. I hope they would. Yeah, they do for the shoes. Mm -hmm. Like, I think you have to like type in the model and something and then like someone moderator on Grail has to like verify them or something. That whole verification thing where they don't like post it um, until like 72 hours later or 48 hours later. I think someone hopefully on the other end is legit checking but i doubt it i mean stock x has been wrong about legit checking too so yeah I don't know. it was about like the travis scott ones right because they were like even like the yeah. actual shoe was like kind of like iffy between shoe to shoe and then stock yeah yeah there is two of his his dunks and his j1s were looking sketchy on quality control initially so there's probably some people that have think that they have fakes, but it's actually the real one, unfortunately. Mm. I still want his dunks, though. I think this year I might pull the trigger. I think they were just weird. And the dunks like the really paisley like, ones, yeah? The paisley ones, and then like, you can, like, peel out the paisley or something like that, and it, like, reveals, like, something else, like, I think, like, oh. an elephant print. Oh, shit. But I thought it was just cool. Like, there's nothing that I have. Um, I'm not really into wonky stuff like that, but that it looks cool with with a nice all black outfit or something. So mm. Definitely looking fire. I was feeling like the Air Force ones were like the like the sale ones, but I heard like quality again was like super sketchy. So I was like, oh yeah, this yeah, that's Jordan for you. <laughs> they they toss up their quality on leather all the time, which is why I'm not really into new sneakers all the time from Jordan. Plus, there's no sneakers coming out with stories. Like, yeah, I remember every single shoe they would put out, there was something wonderful attached to it. Now it's just like, how much BS can we put out in a year that people will like or not like? <laughs> yeah. Mass production. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Crazy stuff, man. <laughs>